Hey guys, it's David. Welcome to Sadness Town, where nightmares come true. Uh, this is the first episode of Sadness Town. Um, this was recorded on uh, April 23rd at the Beer Baron Tavern in Washington, D.C. My guest on this one is Madi Litwack, uh, who's a retired scientist and a very funny comedian here in D.C. Uh, and it's uh, just us kind of feeling out the format. So we... We got some, we had some laughs, we belted some audio slave, we got pretty lit, uh, and, um, well, first thing you're going to hear on this is me yelling at Rich Bennett, who was doing sound, uh, and then lots of weird tangents, I think there, well, you'll, you'll hear it, but, uh, I just want to let you know, if you want to come see Sadness Town, you can do that at the Beer Baron every fourth Wednesday of the month. This next one is going to be on May 28th with my friend, the very funny comedian Ryan Shutt. Uh, you can email me at sadnesstowndavid at gmail.com. Uh, and, uh, oh, I fucked that up. It's davidsadnesstown at gmail.com. Uh, someone had taken Sadness Town David. Um so, uh, yeah, if you have questions, comments, any stories, I might share something on the show with your permission. Um, but without further ado, let's get into me and Marty Litwack. Thank you guys for coming out to Sadness Town. How are you guys doing tonight? My name's David Twine. I'll be your mayor this evening. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, you fucked up a fantasy I've had since I was 13 years old. Where I walk on stage right as it hits. You bring me up when it's still doing that boo 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 bullshit. I wanted to wait to get into the meat of the song. All right, that's enough. Uh, so, hey, guys. Hey, thanks for coming. You guys are what's known in the biz as a small but mighty audience. Uh, and I appreciate you being here for this thing that was uh, advertised as see how miserable a man is. Uh, it's, it's great. To, so, basically, if you don't know what this show is going to be, uh, basically, I'm going back and exploring some of the garbage music that I loved when I was... Uh, an awkward teenager and before I became an awkward adult who knew better. So uh, we're going to play some songs that we don't like anymore uh, and then we're just going to be embarrassed for a considerable amount of time. So I'd like to call this meeting to order with a reading from the Sadness Town Charter. Uh, <laughs> number one, this is a safe space. We are here to celebrate the fact that although being alive is a cruel and difficult thing, we are all much better at it than we used to be. Number two, you were not cool in high school. You were a tragic, awkward car wreck of a human being, and so was everybody else. Any pretensions to the contrary will not be tolerated. Item number three, at the end of the show, Everybody hugs. No exceptions. So yeah, let's get back into Crawling by Linkin Park. Uh, 
You guys all know this song. This was the second single out of what must have been at least seven or eight off of the Linkin Park album, debut album actually, of 2000, entitled The Hybrid Theory. Um, you get the idea. Everyone knows that song. We all wish that we didn't. Um, so a couple notes about that song. Yeah, it came off of Hybrid Theory. It peaked at 79 on the Billboard Hot 100. So I wasn't alone, but I was still pretty alone. Um, lead singer Chester Bennington, who came to fame with the band Linkin Park, then later went on to collaborate with Jay-Z, blowing everyone's fucking minds, but didn't peak in his career until 2010, when he appeared in Saw 7, The Sawening, as, uh... <laughs> A guy named Evan, who was a neo-Nazi who got glued to the inside of a race car and then died in a fiery crash because he couldn't peel his back skin off fast enough. Uh, yeah, that was in 3D. Um, <laughs> Mr. Bennington said that he wrote this particular song about his struggle with drug addiction, which has been uh, ripe ground for many great songs. Tom Petty, Last Dance with Mary Jane, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Under the Bridge, Velvet Underground, Heroin. There have been some beautiful songs. The way that Chester Bennington decided to <laughs> recreate the idea of being on drugs was to scream, so insecure! You're a grown-ass man. You don't scream a sentence like, so insecure. But I heard that at 13, and it turns out that, uh, that being addicted to drugs and alcohol is actually really similar to being 13. He brings up words like discomfort. Had a lot of that when I was in the seventh grade. Really, this song means a lot to me because I think it affected me more deeply than any work of art, better or otherwise, in my entire life. Because I was in the seventh grade, I was feeling so much, and I heard their first song, One Step Closer, uh, which is another song about uh, a guy who's having a breakdown for no apparent reason, <laughs> which I, again, related to very deeply at that age. Uh, and then this song came out, and I was in. I was like... This is my thing, right? A lot of people didn't know who they were. They only had two music videos on MTV. So this was the first band that I liked before they were cool. I bought, uh, went to Hot Topic when I was 13 years old. I bought a t-shirt that was a dark blue t-shirt that had a screen print of the cover of the album Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park because they didn't have anything like more original in the store. And uh, that's the t-shirt that I was wearing on September 11th, 2001. And I'm not going to try to ascribe more significance to that than, than it deserves. But November of 2001, they came out with their next single, the third out of what I think was seven or eight off that album. It was called In The End. And that was when everyone jumped on board and I was so fucking bitter about it. I was like, I was in on the ground floor on this Linkin Park shit. What the hell? So that shirt that I had, I kept it. But what I did was I took a black magic marker and I wrote over the first couple letters so it read Stinkin' Park. Oh, wow. 
And that was pretty subtle. People could look at the shirt without noticing that. So I went one step closer to the edge and I put black electrical tape across it in an X and would wear it in that fashion until sometime during ninth grade when it stopped being subversive and everyone was like, yeah, we're sick of that band too. Um, so now that I've, uh, I've talked about it a little bit, I'm gonna bring up your guest for this evening, uh, who I'm very happy he was able to do this first show. He's a very good friend of mine. Uh, he's a retired scientist, uh, the runner-up in the 2013 Cleveland Comedy Festival. Please give a warm welcome to the very funny Motty Litwack. Thank you. So uh, what, do you, what do you think about this song? Did this ever like mean something to you when you're rolling in your skin? Yeah. No, I was too religious for this. <laughs> uh, no, I grew up very religious. This is very dark music. This is demon music. <laughs> this is uh, very. He just can't seem to find yeah. himself again. The walls are closing in. That's what Satan does. Where uh, where did you grow up? Uh, suburban Minneapolis, Minnesota. What's the name of the town? Bloomington. Bloomington, uh, Minnesota. Yeah. Crawling in your skin. Mm-hmm. In Bloomington. That was how I felt in Bloomington. It yeah, was just like, I think they wrote it for you. It was just like, uh, well, clearly they wrote yeah. it for people of my demographic and age. Like, yeah. there are probably some really sad white kids whose parents have money that they could buy the CD with. Oh, probably. Yeah, they were like somewhere, they're long-haired, middle-class Minnesota in. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're called? Minnesota in? Yeah, that's correct. That's the correct really? nomenclature. That's Is what it? we preserve. That's fucking preserve. stupid. <laughs> we prefer. No, it's Minnesotan. We're I made that Minnesotan. up as an insult. Yeah. And it uh, turns out they already adopted it. Yeah, we're very polite people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's how polite they are. That's my roommate, Lauren. She's here at the show. Give it up for Lauren being like yeah. bringing half the audience. <laughs> I'm trying to get the right. All right, let's board. not get crazy, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, if you wanted to get involved in the show, you shouldn't have sat, like, literally as far away as you could possibly be. It's just like, there's gonna... Yeah, you could have stayed at the bar. As far as what Let's think about what kind of world that here. would have been. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't leave. So, yeah, uh... So, you, you had a... Hey, what, what, what... The, I didn't say anything funny there. Come on. This is what I do. I get a few audience members in here, and then I drive them away. Mahdi, start talking. Uh, I'm a little bit less awkward than David, I think, mm -hmm. <laughs> overall, <laughs> if we had to weigh it, you mm -hmm. know. But really, you're comparing X-Men at that point, and not good X-Men. <laughs> this, yeah. this is the worst X-Men. That's like the one whose yeah. power was he had chicken claws and a beak. Yeah. His name was Beak. You can yeah, look it up. That's a real thing. Really? Yeah, there was, was one that was just the blob. <laughs> well, Do you remember that? Yeah, he was technically a member of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, but I, he was technically a memberhood of diabetes. A memberhood. <laughs> a mem I'm so drunk. Yeah. We've Does, gone uh, into this you. with the appropriate spirit. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, so uh, there will be no consonants for the second half of this show. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the blob, he created, you know, I'll bet he felt so insecure when he was growing up because he was all fat and shit. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
So yeah, did did you like that song was everywhere for a bit? Did you? No, I remember hearing it a lot from like my friend. I grew up very religious, like, mm-hmm. Jewish, and some of my friends had like rebellious music. But is someone that? sarcastically Somebody... wooing for Judaism? Yeah, that better that better be sincere. Yeah, that had better be sincere. You sincere can't just do shit like that. Oh yeah, I yeah. love the Jews. Yeah, nobody loves the Jews. And this is how the show begins. Uh, we got a lot of time left to fill. You know what, Marty? We're going to get straight into the first song that I have for you. Uh, and I think a lot of you guys are going to know this one, too. Get into it if Wait, you know so these, this. These are my songs? Yeah, these are yours. Did you clarify? Oh, you told him that already? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, right, he's going to play a bunch of... We're going to play a bunch of bullshit that Marty liked. Oh, you guys not jamming to this? This is my jam. So this is Bleed American by Jimmy Eat World, uh, which was off their album, which was entitled Bleed American, until 9-11 happened. And then they changed the name of this song to Salt Sweat Sugar and the name of the album to Jimmy Eat World, which is weird because they'd already had a self-titled album. But... You can, see, you can see where they're coming from, because I just hear 9-11 when I hear this song. Well, I love their thinking, because they're like, oh shit, we just had an album called Bleed American. People might blame 9-11 on us. Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> Do you guys remember there was a big debate at the time? They were like, it's probably the Taliban. But... <laughs> But these nerdy white guys have been making some pretty subversive song titles. It's a terrorist cell. They call themselves Jimmy Eat World. (laughs) Which is weird because the contraction, like if you were to make that an, uh, what's the thing? uh, 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 Not an anagram. Uh, A hyphen. Acronym. Yeah, J-E did the the Jews. (laughs) They were just trying to get 9-11 blamed on the Jews. Uh, yeah, we came full circle. We've got yeah. like 45 minutes of it show It wasn't a big today. circle. It, it was, was a very, small circle. Yeah. Like but a we ping pong ball. And it was full. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, Let's build a show with lots of little circles. <laughs> so who were you when this song meant something to you? Um, I, was pro- I think I had just turned 13. Um, that movie The New Guy came out. Remember DJ Qualls, Eliza Dushku getting naked, almost. What? Enough. Naked enough for me. Eddie Griffin was there, too. Shut up. I'm talking about naked Eliza Dushku. I'm sorry. sorry. You're the host. I shouldn't tell you to shut up. No, I mean, I haven't accomplished anything yet. I'm a very uh, rude, drunk person. Uh, Okay. Yeah, anyway, The Middle was... uh, That song, The Middle, or Jimmy, where, you know, it just takes the time. Little girl. Yeah, that song... That was really popular, and everyone in my school, which was an all-boys Jewish private school, (laughs) they were all really into that song, because we were all in the middle of conflicting sexuality, you know? (laughs) So, all right. Conflicting between what and what, precisely? (laughs) Between our natural biological feelings Uh and all that was available to us. Okay. Anyway. So, a bunch of sexually frustrated teenagers got really into the middle. Yeah, and I was like, hey, 
I've always been kind of album oriented. I'm more into the al- I don't know. I'm always like, oh, what did the band like? So I bought the whole album. It's like twenty dollars, Barnes and Noble. I remember because I used like all my Hanukkah money. And yeah, it was a Barnes and Noble gift card, and I dropped it all on Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> Let it ride. Yeah, and then and then I was so excited because I had saved up. I had also just gotten with my birthday money. I'd gotten one of those CD to disc changers. It's like a five disc changer. But I only had the one disc. It was Jimmy World. <laughs> uh, and I used it as my alarm clock every morning. The problem is the technology wasn't advanced enough yet. So he would only play the songs in order. So that Jimmy World song is the first track on that album. So just every day. Yeah, that's how, this is how I woke up every day for several months. Go get him, man. Yeah. Go out to your Jewish My goal was to turn off the alarm before it hit Salt Sweat. Yeah. You're still alone, man. You're still alone. I still live with my parents. I think they're happy now. I don't play this. (laughs) Yeah, I think about that a lot. Because when I was putting my playlist together for this this show, like, I was thinking about, like, my brother and I lived next door to each other in the basement, and our rooms were connected by a vent. So, like, that crawling in my skin shit, he listened to that, too. He just didn't mean to. But I blame him for all of it, because he got me into The Offspring and Green Day and all oh, that shit. something wrong with The Offspring. So, by this point, young Marty has already lunged out of bed. He's ready to get the day. Yeah. Uh, uh, I felt like such a badass the first month. Oh, seriously, up to man. That. that 9-11 song will yeah. just knock your ass out of bed every morning. Yeah, because every day I would remember 9-11. <laughs> and I'd be like, I want to live my life to the not Like most this. bumper stickers would not even apply to you. They're, they're yeah. like, never forget. Not- I wouldn't dream of it. Yeah. I, I woke <laughs> up this morning, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're going to go on to the next thing. I like, I still kind of like that song, to be honest. Like, it's still kind of a fun song. Oh, yeah, no, it's salt, sweat, sugar on the asphalt. Yeah, I, I don't know why the sugar is on the asphalt. Chemicals. They're baking a cake on the <laughs> asphalt. It's like one of those things that the weather people say. Like, it's so hot today, there's sugar <laughs> on the asphalt. And no one's like, oh, what is he talking about? Because they're like, he's wearing a suit. He's in front of a green screen. He probably knows what's up. Yeah. <laughs> That's how the weatherman has a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we got some scattered showers across the upper metro region. And in Silver Spring, it's so hot, there's sugar on the asphalt. All right, Did we're you gonna... just rep Silver Spring? Yeah. Oh, man. You both? You guys are very into weirdly specific Yeah, things, no, so 20910. Woo, woo. It's just, just her, okay. It's not that weird. It's like five miles away from here. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense yeah, for you to be weirded Norway. out by that. I came thousands of miles to be here. Here. What the yeah. fuck? He All right. came four thousands of miles because he was so excited <laughs> to go here. All right, for this next one, this next one has kind of a slow build. So if you could just appreciate the, the emotional gravity of this tune. This takes a while, so settle in. Wait for the drop. Mm-hmm. It's gonna drop. 
has actually influenced all EDM music. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that because the drop is so hard. <laughs> I guess EDM it's music totally is redundant. Clap. It's just EDM. ED music. Yeah, it's like ATM machine. Why aren't you guys rocking out to this? Yeah, you guys should be way more excited than you are right now. Yeah, I thought, yeah. Yeah, rock out. <laughs> so, uh, this is Renegade by Styx. S-T-Y-X. It was a hit. Like the river in hell. <laughs> it was a hit single off of their album Pieces of Eight in 1979. Classic. Peaked at number 16 on the Billboard Hot 100, and here's an interesting note. For a while, it's been the theme song of the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense. I got all these facts from Wikipedia, but it made a uh, like a note in the in the article about the song "Renegade" that they played it when the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense came out, and during a playoff game. The Pittsburgh Steelers defense made stops nine out of ten times when this song played first. Uh, I don't know how this plays at sporting events. <laughs> oh, mama, I'm in fear yeah, for you... my life. Go, Palomalu! <laughs> Get an interception and have good hair! Yeah, you can't go straight for the drop because you need to know that he's talking to his mama. Here's a weird thing, like, when I was listening to this one, and I actually didn't know this song, I was never all that familiar with Styx, uh, but, so they were, for those who don't know, yes, yeah, Styx, as he mentioned, named after the river that goes to hell, you have to pay the ferryman. Wait, does it go to, I thought it just goes through hell. Uh, no, oh, well. Like a canal. Yeah, they dye it green on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> it's a whole party. <laughs> it's like Boston. It's really Boston gross. is yeah, hell. yeah, yeah. yeah. Or Chicago, depending. Like, either way works. Uh, lots of racism, but still. So, uh, the, the... It's a weird trope. Like, okay, so Sticks play were a bunch of weirdos in spandex who played songs dedicated to Japanese robots and also <laughs> apparently about cowboys who are about to die. And sailing. And sailing, and sailing uh, uh, specifically away. Uh, but they actually they tie together because they were sailing away from hell. Yeah, so they were just going up river in sticks, sticks like hell salmon like do renegades. every mating season. Yeah, yeah, you should talk for uh, a while. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah, they it's it's kind of a weird trope how many like '80s hair metal slash progressive rock songs there are about cowboys who are about to die. Is that what this is? Yeah. Oh, I don't listen to lyrics, man. I just listen to the jam. It's a, okay, it's about a dude who's about to hang. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it back on. And not like bro hang, like with his bros, but like hang, like yeah. But it's got some bounce to it, doesn't it? Yeah. Like you could shake your ass to this yeah, song. That's like a cowboy guitar riff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that you got sick of that before I did. Yeah, I've heard it a lot. <laughs> okay, so that was actually, that was disc number two that I got for that five disc changer. Because <laughs> what happened was... <laughs> There's another circle. Yeah, no, yeah, it was exciting. Once, was it, I, once I could hear the mechanism changing the CDs, 
that was like 12 year old boner you know which is the most potent kind of the most potent of the boners yeah (laughs) so uh so did you get the album pieces of eight or was it some kind of compilation it was was sticks like ultimate collection or something okay all other collections (laughs) were inferior This was the All ultimate. the other sticks collections. Like, yeah, they got come sail away, but if you want to hear about a cowboy who's about to die. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So basically, my I, I wanted CDs. My brother had a massive CD collection. My older brother, I was always, like, looking up to him a lot. Uh, so I asked to, like, borrow some of his CDs or whatever. And he just gave me some, but he just gave me the shittiest music he had. But I was like, oh, like, he's my he's six years older than me. I was like, he's so cool. Sticks Ultimate Collection must be cool. <laughs> so I just got on that for a while. No, like that's a that's a huge thing. Like when you're a dude who has like older siblings, like your like Big Brother's music is very important. Like yeah. that's how I was exposed to several bands varying from like TLC's uh, Crazy Sexy Cool was the first cassette tape my older brother bought, and I could do a whole thing on that. But I heard is that that's the one that Waterfalls is on, right? Yeah. I heard that song so many fucking times when I was in, like, the third grade and shit like that. And all I knew for myself was Weird Al at that point. Yeah. Wait, somebody's singing it? Silver Spring, back again. <laughs> Don't go chasing Silver Spring. Just stick to the golden showers that you are used to. Right. Yeah, we got our first pissing on joke. It's not true. <laughs> uh, but it, yeah, so, uh, and I know we have, do you want to just get straight to the next one? Because this ties in great with the sure. thing about getting music from your older brother. Yeah. Uh Wait, hold on. Is this what I think you're going to play? I think so. Did you tell him how old I was when I was into this? Oh, no. How old were you when you were into Sticks? Oh, this? Sticks, I was like 13. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no. It's not this. It's not. Uh... Oh, okay. All right. Just play whatever. You know, this is your show. I'm drunk. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Hello. Silver Spring. Oh, yeah. Uh, so this song is entitled Mr. Bartender, and then in parentheses, it's so easy. And it's by a band called Sugar Ray. Uh, it was off of their uh, 2003 album, In the Pursuit of Leisure. It peaked at 20 on the adult top 40, which I don't know what the fuck that means. It's an adult topic <laughs> it, about how easy it is. Um... Okay. For the door. Oh, oh, okay, wait, let's uh, go back here. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, alright. That's fine. I'm not even really gonna defend this one. Yeah, like <laughs> it's that's pretty not bad. what this show is about. It's, it's just for me to play bad. it and then go, what? Yeah. So yeah, that was same brother. <laughs> we had an older old I'm the youngest of five brothers. We had our oldest brother was living in New York and I was going to visit him and I was really excited because I was like thirteen or fourteen. 
And my brother's like, hey, you like I asked to borrow some more music because you can only listen to Jimmy World and Sticks so many times on like a four hour road trip. So he lent me some more music and just more bullshit. And it was this fucking Sugar Ray. And it was the first time I heard it. And it was like modern music compared to what I had been listening to because I was mostly just allowed to listen to like classic rock. And I was like, this is it. This is what the cool people are listening to. This is it. (laughs) It is so easy. (laughs) And it's so right. Yeah, Mr. Bartender. I got fired today. Uh... So like I, I think it's a song about alcoholism, <laughs> but that's fine. But so like I, uh, I know like people. Okay, so Sugar Ray apparently started out as like a metal band, and I know that because my entire life people have been going like, "Hey, did you know Sugar Ray started out as a metal band?" And I haven't listened to that shit, but I assume that sucks too. <laughs> Because it's a metal band called Sugar Ray. Well, I mean, it has to have sucked because they became Sugar Ray. They're like, this isn't working. We have something even better. Uh, salt, sweat, Sugar Ray on the asphalt. Oh, another circle. <laughs> right now, if you're listening. For those of you at home, I just came all over the first row. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. They wear ponchos. It's like sea. Yeah, World. it's like a Gallagher show or uh, uh, fuck. What was that band? It's like yeah. Uh, what? Guar. Yeah, Guar. Yeah, that was, Guar. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But so like I I was reading about this song uh, in preparation for the show and they did a there was an accompanying music video and I wasn't able to find it but so the music video is of the band working at wait for it. A car wash. What? <laughs> this song is called Mr. Bartender. And it's them washing cars, and I couldn't find the video, but I assume it's like like a sexy, like, <laughs> we're raising money for the basketball team car wash, you know? And, like, Mark McGrath is all glistening, and not just like a Walter White situation where he's just like, what happened to my life? Like, we should have gone to college uh, instead of forming Sugar Ray a metal and then whatever the fuck this is band yeah don't try to act like you're too good for the floor David oh yeah give me a shot Sugar Ray I just like that the refrain is I got fired today like maybe the producer of the song managed to sneak something in yeah, there is a little a line that's like, this is oh. the worst song I've ever made. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> and so how old were you when you were listening to this yeah, one? Yeah, like 14. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pro- like, that was when I bought their album, 1459. Oh, yeah. Which was, uh, I think it was supposed to be like an in-joke about like how this is where we are in our 15 minutes of fame. But they oh, were that's so funny. right. Like everyone, Mark McGrath still works, and there are yeah. scientists around the world yeah. working on that, trying to figure out what happened. But yeah, no, Mark McGrath, he yeah, he sells meth. <laughs> he, he was the Breaking Bad. You mentioned it already. Like they did that car wash yeah. thing in the video, and he's like, "I have hit bottom. Yeah. I don't care what happens. Call me Heisenberg now." Uh, oh.
Okay. Yeah, don't try. Act like you're too good for this meth. <laughs> he sings that when he's selling it. Every morning there's some meth hanging from the corner of my girlfriend. It doesn't really work that well. <laughs> you can't hang meth from the corner of a four-post bed. That's a weird image. That sounds like a high school photography project. Like I hung some crystal meth uh, from the corner of this four-post bed. It's a commentary about class in America. Uh, yeah, because some of us sleep while some of us are awake forever. <laughs> Next song. This is kind of a left turn. Oh. I had a country phase. Oh my god. <laughs> Garth Brooks was the closer on the last episode of Jay Leno's The Tonight Show. Because Jay had a sincere moment and he freaked out and then he was like, Take it away, Garth! And I don't think he played this song. But it would be hilarious. Okay, yeah, just a second. If you know it, sing along. And the thunder rolls. What? Because I was wearing a yarmulke when I listened Shut to Shut up, this, Rich! Okay? <laughs> Just picturing a montage like that scene in X by Spike Lee where he's walking towards the camera, but the camera's staying the same distance away from him. It's you with your yarmulke on. Yeah. On my way to my job as a summer back. camp counselor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Day camp, not even good sleepaway camp. Here's a quote that I read from Garth Brooks. I wanted to explore the relationship between thunder in a relationship and thunder in nature. That's real. He's one of the best-selling musicians of all time. He fucking said that. He had a whole nature series of love songs. (laughs) After this was the Caterpillar Scuffle. (laughs) And... (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to explore the idea of a tornado (laughs) being uh, unfaithful and also a relationship being unfaithful. I really wanted to explore the idea of a caterpillar scuffling in a relationship. So, uh, this song uh, was off the 1991 album No Fences, uh, and it peaked at number one on the Billboard Hot Country songs. And uh, why don't you tell us about the plot of this song? Uh, it's this guy. Well, I'm going to, da- based on my like 16-year-old understanding. Right. This guy's It's pretty been... complex. You really this have guy, to listen to it once when you're old. He's married. Or in a serious relationship. Either way, he lives with this lady. Uh And he's been out all night doing something he shouldn't, to quote Garth Brooks. Who knows what that could be? (laughs) Skee-ball? Who knows? Either way, she wanted him home. Maybe killing a kid? I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. killing a kid over a game of skee-ball? Maybe 9-11. Maybe he was out doing 9-11. Yeah, he was out teaming up with Jimmy World (laughs) for (laughs) 9-11. 
And, and his so wife had already warned him, don't you team up with that Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> to plot 9-11. <laughs> so he comes home late, and there's thunder a-rolling and lightning striking. Yeah. And he shows up. In separate locations. Yeah. There's clear skies in between. Right. If you It's count- like thunder here. Lightning here. Right, and if you count the amount of time between each of them, you can figure out how far away the storm is. Yeah. But so he comes home, and he just... He just reeks of 9-11, this guy. He just smells... Like, so much 9-11. Like, if just concentrated 9-11 was a smell that a person could have on them, after I'm just going to go get some groceries, and then they come back smelling like 9-11. So the wife or girlfriend or common-law wife or common-law girlfriend or his daughter, it's not clear. She's upset. Yeah, she's def- it's definitely his daughter. <laughs> you nailed it, David. <laughs> I listened to this song twice on yeah. the way over here. I think I understand. She's so upset. There might even be a little bit of 9-11 on his shirt collar. Yeah. And his wife. Yeah. His, his wife slash daughter is furious. And... Slash living all pissed Masseuse. off. I don't know. That's a whole song. She's pissed off. Yep. He doesn't take them through marriage counseling in the song. Which is an appropriate yeah. step. Yeah, he's it's like... It's worth salvaging. And then we shared you. our feelings <laughs> to a certified doctor. It is pretty bad. It's pretty bad, yeah. <laughs> Rich was like, why are you embarrassed of this? Like, are you listening to... 1991. The funny thing is, country has not changed at all since no, 1991. Well, I could have told you that came out in 2012. I, no, I actually, like, yeah, okay. I disagree with that, actually. I oh, think, fuck you. I think that's a very old-school country song where it's about, like, a wife who gets upset with her man, and then it's ambiguous. Maybe she murders him at the end of the song? Like, she... She pulls a pistol out of a drawer and looks at herself in the mirror. That's all that I know for sure happens. Uh, but now it's always like it's always like party music, but with a southern twang. It's like oh, we we're gonna drive our truck down to the creek and we're gonna fuck in a pile. You know, just yeah. shit like that. <laughs> what? Yeah, exactly. Like it's uh, like they're melding like hip hop culture with country terribleness yes. to like create like a Godzilla of terrible white bullshit. <laughs> like it's like slavery and then like Dirks Bentley in terms of like white people's crimes <laughs> against everything. Uh yeah, they they're not doing a we're not doing a great job, buddy. Us as people? Yeah. Or at this podcast. Oh well that's oh, applicable. That's so rude. Too. We're in the, I thought we were in it, you know, and you're like, hey, this is not going well. So you're listening to this song with a Yamaka. Yeah. And you're like, that's just what I feel like. Like that wife who's yeah, maybe like, gonna shoot no, her husband. I think I felt like thunder. <laughs> <laughs> 
You look like thunder. Did you know that? Has anyone ever told you that? Yeah, I get that a lot. For the listeners at home, Madi looks a lot like yeah. thunder. Yeah, they call me old thunder Jew. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you caught him hitting himself in the face with the mic when he was done saying that. (laughs) All right, next song. And for this one, this is going to be a classic Sadness Town flashback way to a very different point in uh, young Modest Yahoo's life. Here we go. So how old were you? Was the only law liberty understood when it came to shooting straight and fast. He was mighty good. This was my favorite song when I was six years old. <laughs> so this song is uh, "The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance" by Gene Pitney. It was off the album Only Love Can Break a Heart in 1962. Classic. And it made number four on the Billboard Hot 100. Fun fact about this song, though it came out in the same year as the movie Liber- The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, it was never used in the actual film. Yeah, that's right. Let me explain why that came to be my favorite song when I was like six years old. Oh, well, can we talk about the background of the song first? Yeah. So, okay, this song was recorded by Gene Pitney for this movie, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, which is a fairly famous Western. It's got... Uh, uh, Jimmy Stewart and Jim- John Wayne. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the gruesome twosome. And so they were doing this movie. It's nobody calls them. And <laughs> <laughs> this, fella, this, this fella, Gene Pitney, wrote a song... Uh, called The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance that was basically about the events of the movie The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. It's literally just a complete narrative of what (laughs) happens in the movie. Like, if the song came out now, it would start with a giant, like, spoiler alert! (laughs) Yeah, no one liked my new song, The Avengers. (laughs) That's what it's like, yeah. Why did you tell us that Loki's defeated at the end? We thought maybe all the superheroes would lose. And then the Hulk got really mad. Really mad. So mad. (laughs) They're going back to Rio. Yes, it's true. In the movie, Rio (laughs) 2. So they wrote a song about the movie. Apparently the director, John Ford, who's a a great Western director, he made such films as Red River and The Searchers, some of the greatest Westerns of all time. He hated this fucking song, this fucking song. He uh, despised it, so they wouldn't let it in the movie. But for some reason they weren't like, also, please don't release this simultaneously with the movie that has the same title as it. So they just... There were uh, two things topping the charts in two different categories that had nothing to do with each other, except they were about the same story. So why were you into this when you were six? Once again, uh, okay, I had one radio to share between me and my older brother. 
We lived in the attic. It's a long story. Not really. There were five of us. There weren't enough bedrooms. Some of us lived in the attic. <laughs> it's actually a pretty short story. Uh, <laughs> so my next older brother and I, the one who gave me Sugar Ray later in life, mm-hmm. really, when I look back on it, I don't know why I was aspiring to be his music and everything. He was just fucking with me. We had one radio to share, but I wasn't allowed to change the station because it wasn't like a digital tuner, you know? And I guess he didn't think that I would know how to handle numbers and stuff, <laughs> even though I turned into uh, a yeah. physicist. M- Madi has uh, uh, a third of a PhD Whatever. in physics. Yeah, I have a P. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I, yeah. <laughs> They fucked him over on the H, but he's got that P. Yeah, and I was so close to like half a period, you know? So close. Well, I guess you guys don't relate with All us. right, whatever. Okay, anyway. Yeah, it was always on the oldies station. I don't know if he was just doing that to mess with me or if he just loved oldies that See, much. that seems way too old for even an oldies station. Not, this is no. 1962. Yeah, but this is like 1995 in yeah. Cleveland. So okay. we're already like 20 years behind <laughs> America. So in Cleveland, this song was like Wait, how far old. away is America from Cleveland? I don't know. You just gotta cross the river of sadness. <laughs> you know, you're from Which Minnesota. Which they died on St. Patrick's yeah, Day. Yeah, we share the river of sadness. As everyone knows. Yeah, it's the Midwest. The you know? Mississippi? It's just not a priority. Is it? I don't know. What's the Ohio River? That's called the Ohio River, yeah. All right, well, that's a river. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, here we go into something real sad. Wait, can somebody bring me a drink? Me too. Actually, if I could get another IPA, that would be fantastic. Is that possible? And this is good drinking music. This still hits me a little bit. Yeah. It's better Cause nobody knows you So this is the Wallflowers with I Wish I Felt Nothing <laughs> I was going through a dark period <laughs> This is from their 1996 yeah. album, Bringing Down the Horse. I don't yeah. know what the fuck that means. Bring it down. It's a horse. It peaked at number four on the Billboard 200. That's the album. I can't tell you about the song because apparently it was never a single. It wasn't. It was just for me and whoever else has listened to it. And I see colors. Might right. be easy for me, like it is for you. All right, what? What? 
That's the saddest fucking song I've ever heard in my life. You had a thing for slide guitars and unsatisfied relationships when you were a teenager. Well, I hit puberty very late. Uh, uh, I was like... What's I'm just going to leave the stage for about 20 minutes and just let him keep going on that tack. What's normal for puberty? I don't know. I was like 15. That's pretty late, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty late. Like, so I think I was waiting for these dick powers. Well, it's all... <laughs> it's and then all... they came, and like I couldn't do anything with them. It's all relative. It would be another six years well, it's before all... I did anything with my dick powers. It's all relative. David, I'm on a monologue right Okay, now. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was a cold night. And a dark wind blew. She asked to borrow my jacket, but we all knew she wanted so much more. It was my dick. Wait, jacket plus dick equals equals I don't know regret. Jacket plus dick. I think just dick equals regret. I mean. Sometimes. <laughs> and I hear voices. Yeah. I mean, no. It was, I was very sad at this time. I think the hormones hit me real hard. Because when you hit puberty that late, I think you get hit with just like a linebacker of hormones. Yeah. Like, it's not gradual. It, your body's just like, oh shit, what have we been doing for the last year? Did you just like wake up one morning with a full beard? I just woke up one morning with a dick. And I was like, right, where did that did, come from? Right, what did you have previous <laughs> to that? Just a void. You were just like a Ken doll? Yeah. All right, well, I told you we were going to get into some shit. I didn't know we were going to get into medical abnormalities. Yeah. Audience, when did you guys grow your dick? The first dick. When did you grow your first dick? You I know, was... babies grow dicks in the womb after only six months. What? So think about that. Why do you Next know time that? you're going to take a life Why do you just know that it's statistic? inconvenient to you. Did you Google when do babies grow dicks? No, in I've the just womb? seen a lot of billboards in North Dakota. Oh. <laughs> They're all about when babies' dicks grow. All right. This would have been so much less creepy if anyone at all had laughed at it. Let's abort this topic. <laughs> No, but I think that women have right to the right to choose. But and I'm just kidding. I yeah. choose to not talk about this anymore. All right, fair and enough. That's my choice. All right. Yeah. No, it was a very dark time for me. Mm-hmm. I was very sad. I had so much love to give. Yeah. But all the girls, they you know, they they weren't getting down on the floor. You know. Wait, you were trying bartender. <laughs> It was like a Mr. Bartender situation, but it was yeah. not, in fact, so easy. Yeah, don't try to act like you're too good for the floor, all the 15-year-old girls that I used to talk to. This is yeah. coming straight from the heart at all you 15-year-old bitches. You're probably yeah. older now. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, fuck you and all your happy marriages. Yeah. Do you have... Are you old enough that you have friends getting married on Facebook I'm, now? I'm religious... Am I... Fa- background is religious enough uh-huh. that they're all married. Is it going well, does it seem like? It, se- th- it seems like they're all having a really good time. Yeah. I'm happy for them. Happy Passover. This is getting sad. That's the name I of the show. I wasn't supposed to drink this much in the middle. Uh, I'm glad all you right. did. Wait, can I? Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, you want to go to the next one? Yeah, let's move on. People know this is sad. They All know right. the sadness. This is pretty sad, too, but I think people are going to know this one. Uh-huh. You guys like this? Yeah, girl. Yeah. Yeah. This is when audio indentured servants was over. <laughs> and we were into audio slaves. Audio employees never took off. Yeah. And now music's dead. We have all these audio unions. Wait, can I just, can I just, uh, real quick? What? I'm starting from the beginning because I didn't know how else to do that. But this part is, uh, I just love this. Like, this is equally sad to that last song, but it's much more self-consciously sad. Like, how can we make being sad marketable? Like, uh, so... It's because Tom Morello can't be sad. He's too awesome. Yeah, he's pretty good. But Chris Cornell is In a room sad. full of emptiness, he says. I just... Let's just break into discussion groups about how good that line is. Because it's a room full, but what it's full of is emptiness. It's fucking emptiness, man. Or maybe it's empty of fullness. This is what Plato used to ask. That's true. Either line would have been the same thing. Hippo- Hippotes. Was that a philosopher? Hippocrates? Nah, just Hippotes. Oh, oh yeah. whoa. Thank you. You should just name this podcast Drunk Drunk Comedians Listening to Bullshit Yeah it's not as catchy As Sadness Town But that should be What the blurb is On the next one Yeah Uh so this You know my grandfather Has always wanted to come To the show I'm just gonna send him This recording Yeah do that Yeah, yeah. It's just gonna be He's He will He'll be Yeah Uh oh <laughs> It's awkward because I told my whole family that I had early dick. I just lied to them. I was like, yeah, I hit puberty. You were. I'm you just were... always going to talk like a girl. For just a dollar a day, you can help comedians like Marty who suffer from tardy penis. <laughs> uh, let's get back into this. So this, of course, is the supergroup Audio Slave, consisting of basically the band uh, Rage Against the Machine with the lead singer from Soundgarden. They had this song. They also had several other songs that I couldn't tell you the names of. They all sounded exactly the same. This song is Like a Stone, and it topped at 31 on the Billboard Top 100, so good job, uh, formerly Soundgarden and Rage Against the Machine. Uh, Because at the time, I had all these emotions Uh, and feelings. Do you know what this song is supposed to be about? It's about a guy who's like a stone. Close, yeah. No, literally like a stone. According to my research... literally is hard on the outside and skips along the surface of the water. Okay, that's that's one theory. According to my research... This is a song about an old man at home waiting to die. 
Uh, so you can see why a 14-year-old boy would latch on to this. Well, that's a very deceptive title. Yeah, it's kind of innocuous, isn't it? Yeah, they should have like called it Like a Guy Waiting to Die. <laughs> and then I would have been like, oh, this song's not for me. <laughs> I feel like a stone. That's a very clumsy metaphor, I think. If they wrote a song about a guy waiting to die, and it was called Like a, die wa- uh, like a Guy Waiting to Die. It didn't stop Sugar Ray from Mr. Bartender, parentheses the chorus. <laughs> But it seems like there might have been some deeper meaning to that because they filmed the video at a car wash. Yeah. Did I just blow everyone's mind? Is that why I got all quiet in here? I think because it wasn't. I mean, nobody was laughing. Yeah, that helps. But I think they're paying attention. I just realized everyone's watching us, you know? Oh, that's dude. Fine. All right, let's, you know. Sometimes you have those moments. All right. Okay. Well, you know, I, I feel comfortable just closing out on this last one. Um, uh, this is actually, yeah, this is the latest song. Do you know what I'm saying? I was like 17, and this was... That's actually important to keep to keep an eye on that. Yeah. Like, that's really had, important to this story. I had come but out Marty of my was, sadness phase. Marty was 17. It was, what, 2007, 2008? 1990, 2007. All right. So here's a song that Monty really loved in You have to listen to the verses, because that's where the money is. I want to welcome you to Scatman's World. But how can someone win if winning means someone loses? So this is Scatman's World by Scatman John. It's off the album of the same title, Scatman's World, which came out in 1995. I told you to remember the thing about when he was into this. Uh, This was never a single in the United States. But it was very popular in Europe. It actually charted number one in Finland, France, Germany, Spain, and Belgium. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, take it away, Marty. 
Basically. <laughs> <laughs> I was like 17, and I was I was like, I was through with most of puberty. I just had a little touch up here and there. <laughs> you know, I had like, but I was mostly done, and I was I was starting to question my religiosity. Uh huh. And I was like, I'm gonna start listening to every music. So I was like, really brand. Keep going. He turned down a little. I just don't know if it fits the monologue, you know. I think it's perfect. Yeah, no, it's okay. Yeah, basically, I found the other. You guys know the other Scatman John song, right? The one that's like skippy doo doo bop 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 ski bop 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 bop. That song, yeah. It was called Scatman parentheses ski bop 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 boop. Yeah. Bibbity bobbity boop. Skibbity bobbity flibbity flabbity. Skibbity skibbity scoobity scoobity scoop. He was a guy with uh, stuttering who turned it into millions. <laughs> and then he died in 1990. I tried to do... You can't do it with other disorders. I was like, hey, guys, I'm lactose intolerant. And I would love to diarrhea all over your record. <laughs> Just call me Diarrhea John. It would not be worse than this song. But here's the thing, like, I was listening to this song, and you were telling me that you, like, you went around playing this for everyone when you were 17. I found his second best song, because I was still, I was a little bit of hipster then, and I sh- <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. Listen, you know Ski Bop Bop, no- Badoo Bop, but yeah. have you heard Scat Man? That's just World? the beginning. Skibby Dibbity Biddle Oppadop is just the tip of this Scat Man dick. Mm-hmm. The shaft. That's what he used to say on stage. <laughs> the shaft. He would play the, that yeah. song, and got, that was just the tip of my Scatman dick. That was just the tip of the <laughs> Scatman dick. I'm going to flippity-floppity-fuck you in the ass. Flippity-floppity-flop. He was into some weird butt stuff. You think that's how he uh, that's how he climaxed? Was scatting? Yeah. To overcome his sex stutter, he just started scatting. Yeah. All right, I'm done. And then he just goes to sleep. So, okay, yeah. I mean, about this song, so many things. First of all, uh, that chorus, like, next time you feel bummed out, just, like, at your house or whatever, just walk around going, like, like, you will not be able to feel unhappy while yeah. you're doing that. Like, it will not, like, that will keep you warm for the rest of the day. Or, also, until okay. you remember that three years later, he died of lung cancer. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't help. <laughs> he died of, he had scat cancer. Then you'll be right back to, to where lungs. he started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he went to the doctor but, and he's like, I I'm, I'm can't scat as much as I used to. <laughs> But it's like, it's like weirdly, even after he released this song about love and mutual acceptance, uh, the world is still ravaged by war and poverty. And so that makes me think that scatting might not be the way to go with dealing with the earth's problems. You know? No, I disagree. We should pick up where he left off. All right. Let's scat come. Maybe he just didn't get across the finish line. Maybe like yeah, he, he just died. I told there. you. Yeah. Uh. He was the first Breaking Bad when you think about it. 
He really? Oh, no, no, no. Listen to him. Hear him out. No, listen. All right. Yeah. He had lung cancer, and he was like, I got to provide for my, for my, for my fam- scat family. My scat family. <laughs> my little scat wife. Uh, and the rent is increasing a lot boy in Scatland because of yeah. all of the gentrification that's yeah. been going on there. And my yeah. little scat baby girl, Charlene. <laughs> scat, okay. That was her, she was named after Anthony Hamilton's song. Yeah, sure. Which hadn't come out yet. That's yeah. Scatman John was also Well, I think it's very clear that Scatman John was ahead of a lot of things yeah, in this world. He was I mean, just prophet. listen. He was Prophet Man John. What are we talking about? Oh, this is the key change. But yeah, so I, I just, what I love about that song is just the mix of the retarded chorus. Which has no words in it. There's a message to it. And you're just blind to the it. The message. You're a fucking sheep, man. Like the line, scat man, fat man, black and white and brown man, tell me about the color of your soul. Yeah, how do you like, understand that? Uh, I get it. I His just, soul is scat I don't colored. understand why he did it that... <laughs> way. I don't get why he did it in that order, because black actually slant rhymes with scat. What did he say? He said black and white and brown man. He could have gone brown and white and black man, and that would have and landed a lot and harder. And then maybe it's weird we, that he went maybe with- we never would have gone into Iraq. Like, hear me out on this, all right? Because all we, like there are infinite realities, all right, transversing infinite universes, and we live in the one where he said black or white or brown man. Which probably wasn't his first choice in a lot of realities, because that's a dumbass line. But there are other ones out there. What are the other ones? I don't know. We didn't go in, into Afghanistan or something. I know. Which ones do, which ones do we invade? Like, Turkmenistan? Oh, yeah. Some, in some of them, we invade Turkmenistan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm just saying, listen to me. And then I'm not going to say any more things. Everybody, yeah, okay, let's, uh, yeah. Everybody wants to compete as he chooses, but how can someone win when it when winning means someone loses? Yeah, that's good. You should scat that. Ba poo pee poo ba da ba 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 dee. Everybody chooses. So you were 17 when you got into this song. Yeah, and I was like... How did you... Like, how did you get into this? Like, because this was like an 11-year-old, 12-year-old song. Yeah, I had a Rhapsody subscription, man. Oh! Yeah. You're going to have to edit all my burps out of the podcast. I was early on the subscribed to music wagon. The band... I don't want to say bandwagon, because it sounds like I'm making a pun. All right. Well, now no one will mistake it for that. Yeah. But I was on the bandwagon. The reaction from the what audience we have was very odd when you said Rhapsody music subscription. Everyone was like, oh shit. Like, yeah, because that's fucking retro. We just retro. went next level on this motherfucker. Yeah, it's like that's like wearing a flannel shirt on your wiener. <laughs> Everyone's like, you just invented a new. If retro. anyone wants to know what that looks like, talk to me after the show. Don't talk to him. 
Don't he wears him. shirts on his wiener. <laughs> don't talk to him. They don't call me old wiener shirt Jenkins because my last name's Jenkins, I'll tell you that. Because it's not. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you, you yeah, discovered I, this through Rhapsody. And I was like, oh, because Rhapsody, you could see the, the top. So, Scatman John, it's like <laughs> skibbidibbidibop. And then Skibby Dibbity Bop, the remix. You know, like four remixes. Where they put some skis after the bop. Yeah, more bops, le- more skis, less bibbities. Uh huh. And then I was like, what's the. What, what, what was the follow up? Because I'm always fascinated to see if someone's actually a one hit wonder. Right. Or if they just got a bad, bad rap, oh, you know? Shit. Yeah, I, I was really into Len in high school. Yeah, this isn't about you. Nah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's a good friend of mine. I'm just recording it for posterity. We yeah. don't like each other at all. No. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I was like, hey, let's listen to this other stuff. There was also a cover of uh, What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong by Scatman. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm going to see if my Spotify is working. That's what we're going to play ourselves you can off definitely with. definitely find that one. Uh, so I found this one. I was like, Scatman's world. I want to live in Scatman's world. Everyone's scatting. Yeah, it seems like they have a yeah. great time there. So I instantly fell in love with it, naturally. And I started showing this to, like, everybody I knew. <laughs> how did they feel about that? Like, you know how now people are like, oh, look at this YouTube video. I was like, guys, look at this Scatman song. <laughs> Nobody liked it. Not a single person. Oh man, I'm not. But I hold it in my heart. That's because they hate cancer. <laughs> I think everyone hates cancer, <laughs> especially scat cancer that oh, later right. spreads to your lungs. Anyway, Scatman John was like, "I have lung cancer. I'm sorry, Skyler." <laughs> <laughs> and she's and like, "Oh, but you're just a professional fedora wearer." <laughs> And, and then, your stupid mustache, and I'm going to sleep with my boss. <laughs> and he was like, you know what? I'm going to scat. I don't care how illegal or dangerous it is. And then uh, his buddy Hank Man John was like, yeah, uh, Hank hey, Man John. Finding the purest scat we've ever seen. Yeah, this is 99% <laughs> scat. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't plan any. Oh wait, is it poop? We're not. I was still talking about scat singing. They're just like, this is pure scat. There's not a single musical instrument. Wait, did you find it? No, I can't. I can't find it, man. What if it's just... Here's just a Scatman. It might be Scatman John, it might be Scatman Crothers. Uh, doing the shining quotes. Let's just sing it. What a wonderful world! I think that's our show, you guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much for coming out.
This has been weird and interesting, and I can't wait to hear how it sounds. Give it up one more time for my guest, Monty Litwack. Thank you. Thank you. And listen, scat man, fat man, black or white or brown man, nothing's going to be okay. My name is David Twighty. Thank you very much for coming out. Have a good night. Woo!